when our children were in elementary school. They had this teacher who would occasionally get exasperated with her class. All teachers must do this sometimes, right? Some of you probably are better than others at holding it in, I don't know. But when this teacher was at the end of her rope, she would exclaim to those kids, this class is going down the tubes. And our kids would tell us that and we would laugh about it and then ask, what pushed her to that? But anyway, but I've always kind of laughed and smiled at that expression. But if you ever have felt like that in the moment, you're probably not laughing, right? Have you ever felt this way, like throwing up your hands or throwing in the towel because it seems like everything is going to hell? And What's the use of even trying? I have to imagine that we all feel that way every now and then, right? Frustration or anguish at the state of a relationship or at the state of our nation or our world. The news these days is overwhelming, right? It's so much, it's a lot. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, I encourage you to do something about that. You know, you can change your diet. Consume less of what is making you anxious or afraid. Take in something that will be more nourishing and sustaining for you. Wendell Berry wrote a familiar poem that begins with these lines. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be. You know the feeling, don't you? Waking in the night, worried, wondering about our world, perhaps fearing for what our lives and our children's lives might be. We live in a time when we've been through a lot over the last couple years and the future is so uncertain. And a question I've been wrestling with these days is this, is our world going down the tubes? I wonder, should I lower my expectations? Or is there some reason for hope? There's a framed poster in my office that Valerie Osborne gave me a few years ago. She got it from a neighbor who may have been about to throw it out. They were clearing out an attic or something. It's that saying. Um, it's over 100 years ago that it was printed. It's an affirmation of faith that was common among the Unitarians in the late 19th and 20th century. You can come in and check it out. It's embarrassingly masculine and patriarchal. And it ends with the line, the progress of mankind onward and upward forever. Because that's the way people were feeling back around the time this building was built in 1894, at the end of the 19th and the early days of the 20th century. But then, you know what happened. 
Along came World War I when millions were killed in the trenches, over, oftentimes over a few hundred feet of land. Not long after that came the Second World War with the gas chambers that killed six million Jews and millions of others. And we still live amidst the scourge of war and violence, right? When will we ever learn? We live in a time of terrorism, both foreign and domestic, ongoing racism and white supremacy, the increasing urgency of climate change, and a global pandemic. Like, what a menu of options we've been feasting on these last few years. It's so much. And so if you feel some amount of despair for our world and you worry what our children's lives may be, take heart. You are definitely not alone. You are not alone. It's clear that human progress is not a given, right? Does it get better? Sometimes I wonder, maybe the best we can hope for is two steps forward, one step back. In this month when we're reflecting here on lineage and ancestors, I find myself thinking about my own family, as I know some of you are about yours too. On my father's side, I come from a long line of lawyers and judges. My great-grandfather sat on the North Carolina Supreme Court and he was a white supremacist. Apparently, he was an overbearing father. Even when his son was a grown man and a lawyer himself, my great-grandfather would boss his son around calling him boy. And then that son, my grandfather, who I'm happy to be named after, he had a sweeter disposition than that. He became a judge, too. And part of his legacy is that he helped start a YMCA down in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we lived, in a neighborhood where it would serve people of color, the first of its kind in that part of the world. I like to think that he maybe was trying to atone for some of the sins of his father. He's definitely someone who left the world better than he found it, my grandpa, and he is certainly one of those in my cloud of witnesses. Plus, he bequeathed to me both his love of fly fishing and his love for sweets. <laughs> my wife says, you don't have to eat that. And I said, it's in my genes. I can't help myself. <laughs> my father also became a lawyer. Some of you know this story, but... And as a boy, I idolized him. I wanted to be just like him. But when I was in my early 20s, my dad got into trouble and didn't know how to ask for help. He embezzled money from some clients who had entrusted their resources with him. And he lost it. And he went to prison. And he was never the same after that. He probably wasn't the same to my imagining before that either, but after he was out of prison, he, within a couple years, got in trouble again, 
and instead of going back to prison, he fled the country and lived his last years down in Central America. And this was all unfolding as I was preparing for the ministry, and I had to do a career assessment and counseling to make sure I wasn't going to be a terrible match for this line of work. And the counselor who was assigned to me hearing this story said to me, I wonder if you, by doing this, are trying to atone for the sins of your father. Maybe. I don't know. What I do know is that our actions have consequences for good and for bad. That each of us in our lives has some agency and some influence, and it's probably greater than we know. I'm someone, and I think you are too, that wants to heal and not to harm, to bless and not to curse. And it gives me hope when I see you all doing this in so many beautiful and diverse ways. It's great that Sandra lit that candle about National Coming Out Day this morning. About a decade ago, the It Gets Gets Better campaign was created with a mission to uplift and empower and connect lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer youth who were being bullied in those days and dying by suicide in increasing numbers. And so all kinds of people, some of them famous, started recording these moving and inspiring videos telling their own personal stories of being gay and ending with the affirmation, it gets better. It gets better. And coming out day is, it would be lovely if we don't need it someday, as Sandra said, but it is also a day of affirmation and celebration, isn't it? Of courage and people just standing up and saying, this is who I am and who I can't not be. And I think it's also at least a reminder of a way that we've made some progress. If you asked some of our older gay folks here, I suspect they would tell you that things have gotten at least somewhat better. Some of you know the name Theodore Parker. He was a Unitarian minister in Boston, serving in the years leading up to the Civil War. He was both a transcendentalist and also an abolitionist. In 1853, he preached a sermon that included a line that Martin Luther King adopted 100 years later. In that sermon, Theodore Parker said, I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The ark is a long one. My eye reaches but a little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And here's what Martin Luther King repeated. From what I see... I am sure it bends toward justice. Tori and I were talking about this the other day. 
And she said, I don't see this bending toward justice as something that is just naturally bound to happen, but rather as something that will happen only with our efforts. There is a hunger in the human heart for liberation and for justice that will not be denied. You see this in the courage and resilience these days of the Ukrainian people who are fighting and often winning against that bully that is the Russian military. And don't you also see it in the fleeing of Russian men from their own country because they don't want to fight. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? The pain and the suffering that war always causes. You see the longing for healing and wholeness in liberation movements in every age. If you consider that longer arc of history, we are getting better. There is more freedom for more people than there used to be. Is our world still a mess? Yes, of course. Are there big problems and is so much still beyond our control? Absolutely. But do you remember what happened two summers ago after George Floyd was murdered? How our nation came alive with protests that summer? And how a new awareness grew among white folks that we do have a race problem in this country and the problem belongs to us who are white. I don't think there's any going back from that. Just like there's no going back on gay marriage or on civil rights, even though there will be battles ahead. These are trying times we're living in, but at the risk of making a bold theological statement, I don't think we're going down the tubes. <laughs> Not by a long shot. And we need to take courage and breathe in hope and fortify ourselves so we can help to build the future that we long for. So we can be the ancestors that those who follow us will look back on with gratitude. There's a hymn that expresses this faith, that echoes this call that prophets have made down through the ages, that we are here to build a better world than we have known. There's this line I love, we are builders of that city. All our joys and all our groans help to rear its shining ramparts all our lives are building stones. Think of that, your particular precious life as solid and as lasting as a building stone. What might your legacy be? What good are you going to leave behind? Let us take heart, my spiritual companions, Life is a struggle, and sometimes the best we can do is two steps forward and one step back. But it does get better. With our efforts and with God's help, it gets better. And as we're about to sing, 
the work that we have builded, oft with bleeding hands and tears, oft in error, oft in anguish, will not perish with our years. This is my faith, and I hope it is yours too, that our efforts, as imperfect as they may be, are needed, are valuable, are helping us to move forward today, tomorrow, and always. Amen. Thank you.